Hello, this is Evangelist Frank King, and welcome to the podcast. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk about the grace of God. According to the Bible, we live under grace and not under the law. So today I want to discuss the doctrine of the grace of God. I will be ministering from Ephesians chapter 2 and I will be using the New American Standard Bible if you want to follow along with me. We live in a world of haves and have-nots. Some things exist that those who have the means can do that others cannot. Places they can go that others cannot afford to. Things they can buy that others can't. But it's no big deal if you can't realize your dream vacation or build a mansion for a home. It's not the end of the world if you can't drive a certain kind of automobile. But what if salvation was of such a cost that some people could afford it, but others could not? The good news is that we are all saved by grace, which means Everybody can afford to be saved. You see, grace refers to those things that are unmerited, those things we can't earn or purchase. Grace is a gift. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul the Apostle addresses the doctrine of the grace of God So let's talk about salvation and the indispensability of the grace of God in our salvation. First of all, without salvation through Christ, we remain dead in sin. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul the Apostle writes, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You see, death is a term used to denote the spiritual condition of those who become separated from God because of sin. Do you remember what God told Adam when he put him in the midst of the garden? He said, of every tree of the garden, you may eat freely. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Well, they did die. That is, they became separated from God through sin. Secondly, salvation delivers us from the power of the enemy. In verse 2, Paul writes, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit 
that is now working in the sons of disobedience. We may not have been aware of the spirit that was at work in us. Before we became saved, we certainly would not have admitted this. One reason is because we were too blind to see it. But if you think about what's happening in our world today, the way people are acting, this verse really puts things in proper perspective. I tell you, the devil is writing the script for this world to follow. That's one of the reasons we see so much crazy stuff going on in our world today. And it's only by the grace of God that we can be delivered from the enemy's stronghold. Every one of us who knows the Lord can relate to what Paul is saying here. Here's what verse 3 says about that. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. For some Christians, after they get saved, they may try and act as if they have always been saved. They talk as if they can't understand how people outside of Christ can live the way they do. Ah, oh, come on, let's be real. Let me read the verse again. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. We all did those things before we were saved. That brings us to the saving grace of God. Beginning at verse 4, Paul writes, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, verse 5, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. So when did God save us? Verse 5 says, even when we were in our transgressions. You see, God does not require us to clean up our act before we come to be saved. If he did, it would be hopeless for all of us. We can't possibly do that. We must come as we are, and God saves us by his power in the midst of our transgressions. It is an act of grace because it is unmerited. Paul reiterates that point in verse 8 saying, for by grace you have been saved through faith. One of the most fascinating things about being a pastor is that you get to see time and time again how God takes a simple message and uses it to miraculously change the lives of people. What I love about preaching the gospel 
And what makes it so dynamic is that as I stand before God's people and preach the word of God, the grace of God is present. Moreover, wherever we are in life, the grace of God is at work in our life. And did you know that we are supposed to grow in grace? In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, Peter writes, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We often talk about growing in knowledge, but this verse says we can grow in grace as well. So how do we grow in grace? If we grow in the area of grace, we won't have to work as hard to get things done. According to James chapter 4 and verse 6, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So we grow in grace by growing in humility. Finally, here's a point to bear in mind. Whatever God has called you to do, he will equip you with the necessary grace to get it done. Here's what Paul the apostle says about that in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Think about that. He gave us grace for our calling in Christ before the world began. When we become a member of the body of Christ, that grace for our calling is realized in our life. Think about this. Every week, many people come to church needing to be saved, but some of them just can't see how God can save someone like them. Or many people come to church wanting to be used in the service of God, but they just can't see how God can use someone like them. Listen, by the grace of God, he gives us everything we need to be saved. And by the grace of God, he supplies everything we need to be used the way he plans to use us. In short, God's grace is sufficient for us. Because of that, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Thank God for his amazing grace. And thank you for listening as we talked about the grace of God. My friend, may you abound in the amazing grace of God. And until next time, this is Evangelist Frank King saying, may heaven's best be yours.